0: We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website. InternationalHorseCollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Andrew Turnbull. Now, Andrew's a unique horseman and individual. He may look like a cowboy, but Andrew's far from traditional. He combines the unique art of horsemanship, as pioneered by Bill and Tom Dorrance, with modern science focusing on biomechanic and horse health. Andrew works with an open heart, seeking that ultimate connection feel between horse and human that lies beyond words. How are you, Andrew? I'm very good, and yourself? Very good, very good. Good to talk to you, Andrew. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. How am I? (laughs) Now, Andrew, we normally start off with um, favourite quote just tells us a little bit about you, a little bit about, um, you know, sometimes it tells people a little bit about what you focus on when you train. Sometimes it tells people about what inspires you, what keeps you going. But um, what do you think? What are you going to use for your favourite quote today?
1: I, I kind of can I, – can I cheat and have two? Uh, I'll... Oh, sure. <laughs>
0: you won't be the first one. You won't be the first one who's <laughs> cheated and had two.
1: So I'm going I'm to use uh, the, the – it came through in the Buck movie, but it, it was Shirley Betsy or Buck Brenneman's foster mum that said, blessed are the flexible but are not bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and the other one I really kind of I, – I use a lot is uh, the Thomas Edison, life is a journey, not a destination. Yes. Um So a couple of things there for me is, you know, having that flexibility or having that kind of, you know, not being dogmatic or not being fixed in your ways and and being open to, you know, different perspectives or different views and and whatnot. And then the other part or the other quote there and why it's relevant or why I enjoy it is more about, you know, a lot of time we kind of get fixated on when I get so-and-so or when I've done this and what are, you know, the, the outcomes rather than, Enjoying the the moment, being present, and kind of you know um, taking stock, or or enjoying just being in the moment. Um, yes. And so that's why I kind of get torn between those two kind of sayings. But um, yeah, it's um, it's it's the thing that kind of for me it means that um, you know when when you're with horses or when you're living your life, it's it's kind of a you know we we give so much of our power away and we give so much of our um, you know, uh, what we want to do in life, not external things like in saying, you know, when, when I've got such and such, I'm going to be a happy person or, you know, when, I, when I've done such and such, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go on to something else. And it's like, well, you know, in case stock or being in that moment might be more important and might get the outcome. So, Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You know, just looking at that one where life's a journey, it's not a destination, you know. Particularly with we might be as horse owners, trainers, riders, looking towards a particular goal. You know, I'd like to get my horse to around a three-day event. I'd like to ride at the Olympics. I'd like to just take it out on trail without it, you know, keeping it quiet. I'd like to just be able to do certain things with it. But if you enjoy the training, enjoy the little steps at the time, I think that works out well.
1: I'll tell you, um, there's another similar saying I've heard the other day and essentially it went along the lines of saying that if you uh, you enjoy the journey, you don't need the destination. Like, you know, yes. if, if, you know if, if you're going along and, and
0: being present and enjoying just that partnership what whatnot, mm. does it really matter where you're going? Yes, yes. And I think if you can go to a competition and say, we just had the best day. You know, my horse worked well. He travelled well. He did everything I asked of him. He's improving. He's alert. And as a bonus, we won the competition. You know, that that's the sort of thing the, you need to do. Yep. Amen. A, yes. Amen.
1: Yeah. That's, yep. that's so those are the kind of principles or those are the kind of things that for for, my, for Mikey and I, um, or my wife and I, um, you know, a lot of what we do is it doesn't need to be today. It can be, you know... It, it, it needs to be long-term and sustainable, and, and essentially, you know, yeah, um, you know, making sure that things are, are, you know, we enjoy or we're present, we enjoy the moments, you know, feeling of, or, or stop getting in your head and start kind of like listening to the horse. Like mm-hmm.
2: there's,
1: a, there's a series of going around at the moment called listening to the horse, and yeah. uh, I love the title of it. You know, that's to me yes. that's sort of what people kind of don't do is, is essentially they they get their trainers or their friends or, or so-and-so said, oh, this is where the horse should be at, and this is what a horse should do, rah rah and the horse might just not be there or it's not mm. ready for it. And they're not listening to the horse. And so yep. to me that's, that's a saying or that's a, a title that I really resonate with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I know that you're really keen you know, on horse welfare, very high on your priorities. Your training methods... Just think about the training methods that you're using now because they're quite unique. How did they develop? You know, where did you get the pieces from?
1: <laughs> so lots and lots and lots of different horsemen over the years. Mm-hmm. And we've had this discussion a few times over the last couple of weeks we I've had students come and stay and whatnot. Essentially, it started for me when I met my my now wife. Um, she she was very passionate about, um, you know, well, she's a vet and and, uh, and a lawyer and mm-hmm. uh, very academic whatnot. And she kind of pushed me down this or into this kind of path of horsemanship and clinics and whatnot. And, um, you know, very impressionable in the early days and kind of went to as many clinicians. And and we, we started several years back getting different clinicians, Australian and, and from overseas, over to WA, um, because <laughs> travelling over east was always quite expensive and, and an issue. Um, but we, you know, people like uh, Martin Black, um people like uh, Jeff Sanders, uh, Steve Halfpenny. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in years gone by, and I've, I've gone and spent some time with Manola Mendes. Yep. Um, and, and um, you know, like different bits and pieces. But to me, anything that kind of, A, wasn't forced, or B, where, it, like, I don't know if you, you were there, but a couple of weeks back at Equitana, there was Pedro Torres.
0: Yes, I was at Equitana, yep.
1: Yeah, and he was talking about how working or being with horses should feel like it's dancing and essentially it mm-hmm. should, should look beautiful. Yep. And and that entirely resonates with me in that, you know, anything that like, looks like it's forced, anything that looks like it's, you know, eyeballs popping out of its head and stressed to it, a hilt, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, to me, that that doesn't look sustainable and that doesn't look pretty. Yep. Um, so, you know, a big thing for me is it's not training for outcomes, but rather training for a relaxation and, and training for training for the mind. So that well, what I believe or what I find is that when you train for that, relaxation and training for the mind, the outcomes typically follow. Like yep. when you've got their mind, what you can get a horse to do is pretty bloody amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when you kind of just get dogmatic or fixated on outcomes, the the consequence is sometimes the horse comes second. Yes. Um, yeah. but, so um, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's – you know, I can't tell you, like, how many times different different trainers and I – my wife sometimes lectures me because we do clinics of ourselves these days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I still refer to a lot of what the guy – you know, the different clinicians and trainers that I've spent time with and sometimes say, oh, you know, Martin Black taught me this or Jeff Sanders taught me that, and, you know, and, and I kind of still like to give credit to where I, I learned some of these things. But um, – I can't, you know, to me it's kind of a, you know, again, it's the journey. It's the, you know, you pick, pick bits and pieces along the way and you kind of, I always say to people, you know, go and go and ride with as many trainers as you can in the beginning. Why? Because you need to kind of learn or get a, get an understanding of the whole big picture. And then, and then once you start to find what it is you want to do or how you want to do it, well, then it's go and specialise or go and spend time with those people that, that you resonate with and kind of try and make what they're doing, or what how they're saying, or how the principles they're using, try and make them your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and and another thing I say sometimes is, you know, even if you don't agree with someone, sometimes just go and watch what they're doing or saying, and it might be just so that they validate why or what it is they're doing that you don't agree with. Okay, um, it gives you contrast or it gives you perspective on um, on your training principles, and it kind of. In my mind, cements it or kind of gives you a clear picture as to what it is you want, and, and that might help you on that journey to to kind of you know doing that. Mhm,
0: mhm, mhm. Thinking about you know because you've worked with a few good horsemen, and I'm sure you see a few good horse people too. You know, coming to your clinics. Just do you see a common right across the board? type of person who's a good horseman, you know, core skills, their character traits, the type of person. Like everyone's going to come in all different shapes of sizes and even the people that don't have a great deal of ability yet, you can see that by their character traits, by their personality, that they, if they keep persisting, they will become good horsemen. What sort of persons are they?
1: Well, um, I've got a young student who's flown over from Victoria mm-hmm. in the last yep. few weeks. And we were having this conversation during the week. Um, you know, she asked me whether she, I thought she could make it as a trainer. And I said, bloody oath, you can. To me, it's kind of this. One, you've got to have an open heart. You've mm-hmm. got to have an open mind. You've got to you have got to have some principles about you. You've got to have an idea of what it is you want to do and how you want your horse to be. You know, I, so often I kind of come across people that have, you know, jumped from here, there and everywhere with with all these trainers. And and they're still – they never get to this place where they decide this is how I want my horses to be. They kind of – they get, you know, they're never clear on that and they kind of – it comes to a place where they they lack the confidence and, and, you know, things like this, you know, a willingness to try. So a willingness to kind of, you know, you don't have to get it perfect in that moment, but at least like a little improvement or a little try. Yeah. A little kind of, you know, a willingness to step towards something uncomfortable and say – hey, I don't know that I have the answer or I don't know that I have all the tools, but I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm not going to be fixated on this. I'm not going to be um, dogmatic about it. But essentially, look at it work from where where the individual and or the horse is at and kind of start from that place. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: to me, that's kind of a, uh, again, we, we get we've so many people in life saying, you have to be this way or use these tools or, you know, kick them here and, them There and push them over here and rah, rah rah and it's 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 kind of a like we I believe we have this uh, internal barometer on whether something's right or wrong. You know, you need guts or, or, or you know you you know in your heart when something's right and wrong. Yep. and a lot of times we, we disregard that and we kind of go, you know, our, our society or or you, my peers might think of me as a failure or that they, they won't accept you or whatnot, but. If you really listen to that and you have that open heart, you kind of, in my belief, the horses will feel that and they'll kind of they'll look to you for reassurance and guidance. And, like, you know, I'll tell you that I've got a horse in the moment. Yep. Um, is, a, is a four- or five-year-old quarter horse. But, you know, real sensitive, real scared horse. And I've spent two weeks now just kind of going slowly. Like, you know, we, today we just got our first two, three strides of trot you know, um, but he's that close to the buck that if I push him any further, then, um, you know, he, he could lose a lot of confidence and he and he could kind of go into a train wreck. And, and I'm like, well, I'm trying to keep him that close to that side, you know, this side of, of keeping confident and happy. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see how he finishes each session. Like, he looks dully-eyed, he looks really relaxed, and he's, and he's really confident. And, and like when he came, you couldn't catch him. And, and nowadays, mm-hmm. well, and yep. comes over here, yeah. and it's like that to me. They're the they're the validations, or they're the things that kind of say, you know, what you're doing's right. When the horse says, I like what you're doing, and I guess that to me is another principle. That I, I do believe that, you know, when when people kind of start listening to the horse, mm. if their demeanor doesn't change, or if they start, you know, licking and chewing and all these kind of positive signs, that's their demeanor, or that's their answer to saying yes I'm okay with what you're doing. But when they start throwing their heads around, they start getting really reactive, or they start getting worried, whatnot. People kind of sometimes ignore that, and they kind of go, "Oh, you know, I, I want, you know, I want to do this, or I want this to be the outcome, whatnot." And it's like, well, you're not listening to the horse, and you're not helping the horse in where it's at. Yep. and so people, people that have that empathy or that ability to, you know, look at the horse from the horse's perspective and say, you know, what, what preparation have I done to help you, you know, for this? What you know, how they I set you up to succeed rather than just you know pushing pushing towards something you're uncomfortable about? And just um, uh, you know, I, I say this is a clinics a lot these days. Is like you know, stack the deck and and kind of make it so that it feel like you couldn't not do something rather than yeah. in the situation That might be 50-50 and you might you might get something or you you probably won't. So you know, do your homework, set your horse up, and kind mm-hmm. of prepare them for what you what you want. And you might find that they're you know, well, yeah, you go into these situations where it feels like you couldn't not get something. Yes. Um, and so some people kind of hear me say that and they kind of walk around for a while. <laughs> and, uh, but there's so many times where you can kind of see that where you get to these situations and it just feels like an inevitability. It feels like the horse is just, like, you know, you just know when it just feels like it's, it's the right thing and the horse is ready and he's confident and he just, sure, we can do that, sure, we can do that. And, and, and a lot of people, they kind of don't. They don't listen to the horse and they just kind of go oh, he'll just have to deal with this or he just have to get mm, over mm, it. Mm, mm. Yep, and yep. and maybe those are the things that kind of, you know, when you have that empathy or when you have that, um, you know, ability to listen to the horse, you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to have perfect seat. You don't have to have perfect hands. You just have to try your best and horses will forgive you. Like, you know, I do honestly believe, like, you know, the people that kind of try, they're better off, you know, those are the ones better off rather than the people that sit back and say, I didn't want to do such and such because I didn't want to stuff it up or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you kind of, if you're really listening to the horse and you kind of work where you, you and the horse are at, they'll try and they'll try and fill in for you a bit as best they can. And and, and you know what, if you do make mistakes, as long as you're not causing train wrecks and you're not causing, you know, damage or injury to to horse or human, um, you know, it, it's a good learning opportunity as well. So, yep. So... Um, You know, I see it all the time where people kind of just don't try and those are the kind of qualities, and you'll see that in the horses as well. There's a lot of horses out there that have been kind of taking the confidence so much and they're hitting, beating, (laughs) that they they don't even want to try. Yep, Um, yep. So that's sort of horse thinking.
0: Yeah. What about, you know, and I'm thinking horses in particular, you know, because sometimes we learn a lot from horses. So have there been particular horses that you think, I really learned from that. I really learned a lesson there. I really, You know, like, yep. what, oh, yeah, totally. tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. Uh, yeah. so, so the one story I tell a
1: lot of, and it's, to me
0: it's, it's a very
1: personal one and, and it's something that I'm, you know, ashamed, but I'm also proud to admit to and own up to is, is essentially it goes back to that, again, listening to the horse. And I, I tell the story this way. Um, a few years back, or when I first rode with Jeff, which was about four or five years ago, uh, five years ago now, I uh, I, went, I took my horse to the clinic a five-day clinic up in Geraldton, and uh, I hadn't done a lot of preparation work for the clinic, so I hadn't ridden him a lot the week leading up to the clinic. And we'd gone up, and uh, just a couple of days beforehand, I um I we'd I'd we'd given him um, some worming, and and he'd got ulcers and whatnot. And essentially, we went up there and rode him the first day, and he felt a little tired, and he felt a little worried and whatnot. But I kind of was like, no, we're going to we, we've paid a lot of money for this, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to ride, we're just going to keep riding. I'm really big on pressing or feeling their back and making sure they feel good whatnot, but he was a little tight and a little sore, and then the next day I was like, uh, you know, he was still he was worried or a little tight and whatnot, and by the end of the second day, he was, re- you know, really, really sore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this was a horse that, you know, prior he would come trotting and cantering over to you, and the third day of this clinic, I couldn't catch him. And- yeah. You know, it took me a good ten minutes to, to catch him. but I still was egotistical and, and and being a you know an undesirable horseman, shall we say? <laughs> um, I was dogmatic about riding him, and so I caught him and, and we rode. And I, my attitude was, you know, you just you just have to deal with this. You just you know you're not saddle fit and you're sore and and whatnot. And so I I, I got him to the end of the third day, and he was so sore and nearly lame that um, you know I couldn't ride him. This couldn't especially the fourth day, I couldn't get near him. And yeah. uh, I think this stuff, I stuffed that like, uh, well, i put it this way. It's taken me four years to get to where this horse will kind of trust me enough to kind of most mm. of the time not turn and walk away. Yep. And I, so my message and what I say to people is, you know what, forget your ego and forget what your agenda is. Listen to the horse. And if he's sore, or if he's in pain, you don't train him, you don't push him through it because he's not going to forgive or forget yet. Mm. You know, things like saddle fit and, and fitness and, and preparation and all these kind of things, they're really important. And if you're not listening to the horse, well, you've got nothing. Like, yeah. you know, this is my main lead horse, whatnot, and he's a real sensitive soul, whatnot. But I, I kind of got so pig-headed and so egotistical that I, uh, you know, and my money was too good for him to to waste, whatnot. And mm-hmm. it's, I promise you, it's taken me four or five years to kind of build that trust. And, and he hasn't forgotten, and the horses don't forget. Mm. But I believe that he kind of, or well, I, I genuinely try to make sure that, A, I, tell, I promised him that I would tell everyone I could about that message. Yep. And B, I kind of believe that um, when he, like, he knows that he's really important to me, and, and mm-hmm. I kind of show or try to exercise gratitude. And, you know, he gets his privileges, and sometimes he probably does things that, you know, some people might frown out and, you know, he gets to go and wander around the property in braves and he gets a carrot or two and, you know, things that <laughs> some people might frown out. But to me, that's the way I exercise gratitude to him and say, then, you know, I do appreciate, you know, and you are very important to me and whatnot. And, you know, I, I, I genuinely love my pony and, uh, you know, that that's me, that's the lesson that Buck's taught me that, or Buck's my horse. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the lesson that he's taught me that, you know what, if a horse is in pain, don't push him through it. Yep. Don't yep. Listen, like you know, and don't view them up and say, "Oh, you know, they'll be right." Whatnot. Mm. You know, mm. but don't do things for no reason. And this, this, or oh, sorry, I had I just left out of that story. Essentially, what happened is he'd uh, got ulcer- ulcerated gut from the insisted strongyles. Yep. And that's what had tied to the saddle, and that's why he was tight and worried. Whatnot. Yes. Yes. So, so it was, it was, uh, it was a, a medical issue that caused a physical problem, which then caused. A lot of stress and pain, and and uh, you know, a lot of damage to our relationship, which is mm-hmm. taking a long time to repair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and it's a big thing too to admit something like that. You know, as a professional person, yeah. I promise, I promise you, I will like you, I flat out will not. Mm-hmm. I will not work a horse in pain. Like I, I
1: yep. will. Uh, and I guess I'm pretty lucky in that my wife's a vet, so you know we we get to kind of or whenever I feel like something doesn't feel right or it's not moving even or consistent or it just doesn't feel right, <laughs> I, I get to cheat and say, "Can you come up look <laughs> this one?" Um, and I've got some pretty good friends around that are body workers and 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 those kind of things. Good. so I use that. Good. Yep. You know, it's, it's a whole it's a whole approach. It's not just a. Uh, not just oh, training. Yeah.
0: Yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. horsechats.com. dot com. What about what do you think your proudest moment's been? Is it one thing? Is it you know ongoing? Um, it's, it's,
1: it's definitely an ongoing thing, I and mean, it's a journey, isn't it? Life's yeah. a journey. Um, yes. But um, but to me, you know. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, about two years ago, when Steve Hufnagel, he, he he kind of he was getting on my case about, um, you know, he, he was like, Andrew, you should be teaching people, you should be coaching, and I was like, no, no, you know, the general people problem where they confidence, you know, having having confidence to put yourself out there and say, hey, what you have got, you've got something that you can offer people, mm. um, and and I guess what, what kind of you know the stars aligned for me in that. Um, you know, the, I would had an office job up until a couple of years ago and I got a, a redundancy that gave me a fair bit of money and it kind of allowed me to kind of go into doing some coaching and whatnot full time because I was um, getting over some a hip surgery mm. and uh, it's kind of allowed me over the last 18 months, two years now, to kind of <clears throat> coach and do clinics and stuff like that with, without having to really overly advertise or put myself out there because... I had I had this complexity about you know I wasn't good enough and um, you know I didn't have enough to offer people and whatnot and um, I guess for me the the proud moment was when it all just started working and you know I started having courses consistently coming in good. Yep. and people were to, like it was getting to where you know clinics were full and had waiting lists and, and those kind of things and 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 we hadn't had to overly advertise or put you know you know a lot of self promotion whatnot it was because people were saying hey you know you know, we we agree, or we like what he's teaching and how he's teaching it, and um, you know, then it's it's kind of just grown and it's allowed it to be very organic and natural, which is kind of what I wanted.
0: Good, good. Thinking about because I was going to ask your biggest challenge. Mm. You know, money aside, because not everyone gets a redundancy, but and and also too, you know, small businesses, it's always a challenge with money to set up. But was that your biggest challenge? Do you think you know just well, no, it's like just that, that was again, stars aligning, Glenn. So I, I had a mining job, so I had a, yep. I had a really good salary,
1: whatnot, yep. and you know, I was in that industry for, for over ten years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I, I was earning some really good money, which allowed us to kind of buy all the tools and all the, you know, we've got a float and a gooseneck and yep. all these battles and all this gear that's all, you know, we've got all the nice stuff, and whatnot, but. It allowed me to kind of, you know, I felt like I was selling my soul for all those years, but it was mm. kind of setting us up to where, um, you know, it, it allowed it afforded us the uh, everything that we might do this. Yes. Um, and so mm-hmm. nowadays it's, it's kind of a, I got a very materialistic place where I thought that, you know, I had to have all the, you um, know, and I whenever I wanted something, I would go buy it whatnot. Whereas now, I'm a lot more appreciative and a lot more grateful for, for everything. And, yeah, you know, these days we have to budget and we have to think of, or we have to be a little more cautious. And my wife and I have just had a son a couple of months back. And mm-hmm. so, you know, our priorities are still changing and, and whatnot. But it's also allowing me to stay home a lot more and kind of be here, you know, be here in the mornings and pop in during the day and see the, see my boy growing up, which is a pretty cool experience to be going through. And, um you know, I feel like everything's just—it feels right. Like yep. life at the moment feels really, like I'm just happy. It's it, it's fulfilling, and it's mm-hmm. um, and it just like I, I honestly believe that when you stop um, lying or you you start following your heart and you start listening to yourself, things just happen for a reason. Or you know, everything in life happens for a reason. And so uh, I just feel like it's it's it, it just just meant to be, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you were going to talk to someone, you know, who's thinking that they'd like to work in the horse industry, what do you think is the best thing? I, I, I'll give you the answer because yep. again, I've had a conversation this week with Annika, my, uh, my student. There's
1: a sense of holistic art, like you know, be happy. You know, yes. like not have to have everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take lessons and, and take stock from these these lessons, these horses that you know, life what's, what it throws at you. Um, you don't have to have everything now. Like, you know, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it kind of a, uh, you know, my advice to Annika was essentially go and experience life. Go, You know, she, she's got an opportunity or a desire to go to America and, and do some training and riding over there. And um, she lives in Victoria and she's doing some, you know, works for different people over there and she's getting a whole bunch of really good experience. But it's about, in my belief, it's, you know, in the early years is go, go and get an understanding or go and get, um, you know, some life experience. And then then once you work out what it is you want or how you want to do it, the print, i.e. the principles behind that, um, then it's just going about refining it or, you know, going and learning about how you want to execute those principles. And, um, uh, you know, so again, she, she asked me a couple days ago, oh, do you think I'd be a good horse trainer? I said, yeah, you will be. You just need to kind of find, your way, mm. um, you know. We all have our own journey, and we, uh, you know, we all have our own skill set. We own our, our strengths and weaknesses, and, and the horses they'll, they'll bring them out of you. But um, to me, it's kind of a. If you want to get into this horse industry, it's kind of a, um, you know, find it is what it is, you know, whether it's a discipline or whether it's um, the principles and, and, and being very general, um, and and kind of. Uh, really kind of believe in you, like you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to, yep. you, you, uh, like there's so many choice trainers that I have kind of come across where they put this really strong external, um, uh, you know, lie out there that they're you know, really confident, really happy whatnot, um, but you go and spend some time with them. And this is a lot, like, you know, you, you'd be amazed how many guys you go and spend some time with and you find out that they're absolutely miserable. Why? Because they're, they're not following their beliefs or they're not Yes. They're not Living their values, they're kind of mm. doing things for other people, or they're doing them for circumstances because you know money or, or whatever's kind of gotten away, or they um, and they're having to kind of uh, sell themselves short, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that sounds kind of like cliche, but right at the moment for me, I, I kind of feel like it just feels right. Like I don't yep. have that feeling at the moment. Yep. Um, so so you know, for so for anyone that's thinking about getting into the horse industry. I'd say you know what, um, be open-minded in the beginning and, and kind of see and experience as much of this horse world and life that you can. Yep. And then you might, what it is you feel like your calling is, and, and 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 be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry. Is now available and the best news is that it's a free download so if you work in the horse industry if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career with over 100 jobs to choose from you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Just thinking, you as a clinician now, you know, going out and you're doing a clinic and you see, you know, you see all the riders, and you're at a new place. What's a common fault that you see when you walk into a new place and say, oh, these people could do this, you know, I'm going to work on the person, the horse, or combination? Uh, okay,
1: so, like, <laughs> I'll use the Steve Haspenny line here, have a yep. plan, but love with it. You know, a lot of people, they don't even have, a like, a, a basic plan or an, or, or, or they, they're, they're so in doubt or they question themselves so much that they don't even... You know, they don't even really have a, a plan or an idea of what it is they want to do, um, and so you know, for me, it's well, moving a horse, whatnot. There's not much to it. There's forward, back, left, and right, um, mm. and so starting some, some control or communication with a horse. Um, so a lot of time, what I see is the horses are kind of they're taken over. There's no leadership. There's no clear communication. They don't have a plan. They, You know, you start thinking about it, and there's a lot of these values or qualities that we look for in, in life and, 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 you know, good leaders or good CEOs and whatnot. And that's why I use that line in, in some of my clinics, where, to me, horses are on this planet just to teach humans to be better humans, mm-hmm. um, you know, better leaders, better communicators, better, um, you know, have a plan but be flexible, you know mm-hmm. I use a, a, a Betty one which I'm just so flexible mm-hmm. I'm not gonna shape. You know, don't be dogmatic about, about your plans. You need to adapt and you need to adjust if the situation calls for it. Mm-hmm. But um but to me it's kind of a lot of time you know, people and I, I see it all the time, they go, Oh, I've got a green horse and I and I haven't done much with horses myself and and, and so it's kind of a a little bit of blind leading blind, and so that that to me is where you kind of in the beginning you have got to go and build your 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 toolbox. You got to go and you know, um, visit, visit visit different trainers, visit different um, disciplines, etc., and kind of get an idea of what is and how it is you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're very driven by like um, you know doing. We've done a number of horse dissections with um, Sharon May Davis. Yep. Um, and, and and I guess you know Manolo being very uh, biomechanically orientated, those are the kind of people that significantly influence how and what we train with the horses. So um, we kind of look to what is biomechanically correct, and then what is long term sustainable and setting them up for for long term success. Um, you know, so so a lot of what we do is kind of like clear communications, setting out some principles and, and kind of developing or building a foundation. Um, and then once you've got that, well, then you can start refining on it. Then you can start kind of building or um, increasing the complexity so that you start going towards whatever the discipline or whatever the, the thing you're going towards is. is. Um, so I'm not very kind of uh, discipline orientated. Like last year or so, I've started kind of getting involved in working equitation. And I really like working equitation in that it's so varied. Like you've got a, you know, you've got you've got dressage, you've got obstacles, you've got cattle, you've got, you know, there, there's a whole lot of different aspects to it. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, that's kind of like a good thing. That's good for horses and humans in that it again it, it opens up or, or make, makes things varied and not boring or too overly routine or, or you know you, where you're not drilling your horse on one thing in particular. Yep, yep, um, yep. So thing other things that come up a lot in clinics, yeah like to me it's a lot of the the horses don't find comfort in the human Mm -hmm. they're they're always kind of like you know they're always checking out or kind of leaving or they don't look to the human for for leadership or guidance or comfort or any of these kind of things they're always taking over or 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 insecure and can't even kind of stand the you know they wouldn't even look inside a a circle to, to the human they'd kind of They're always trying to take over, or leave or or go somewhere. So to me, those are things that they're they're
0: foundation things that
1: a lot of people haven't even kind of realised that that's what's going on.
0: If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. All right. Now, if you're going to just sum up your philosophy about horses, what would you say? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm going to use another quote.
0: <laughs> yes, go ahead.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a don't judge each day by the harvest you, you reap, but the seeds you sow. Um, I don't know if you know okay. that's Robert Lewis.
0: Okay. Instance.
1: But uh, essentially, like, you know, plant these little seeds. Martin Black uses a similar line or essentially goes along the lines of saying don't ever think about harvesting, but rather plant so many seeds so that you have abundance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes you don't have to have something perfect in the moment. Sometimes it might be just a little improvement or a little try. Um, you know, like how many, how many times over I've seen where you know, someone might might start playing with something or start setting something up and then suddenly, you know, it, it didn't need to be perfect. But then the next day or a couple of days later, they go to play with it and the all seems to have just kind of worked it out. Yep. I, I was telling Nannika, my, my student, a uh, story uh, I came across a couple of years back when I was doing a clinic and... Uh, we well, have been doing some hindquarter uh, quarter turns or some hindquarter quarter four quarter turns and whatnot, and and I'd parked parked the gooseneck next to the uh, yards, and I remember in the, late in the evening, like it would been nine ten o'clock at night, I was looking out the window watching the, the horses in the yards, and there was this one one pally quarter horse, and she was doing the steps over and over and over, and you could just see her doing the same the same i quarter four quarter, home yeah, quarter four yeah, quarter, and yeah. I, I said anything for the owner. But like, and during the the clinic, the guy had been the, the rider had been struggling with it, like he, he just wasn't getting it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, like that morning, he he was doing it, and the horse was doing it perfectly. And uh, and it was about lunchtime the following day that I remember having that chat with him, saying, you know, that's what your horse was doing overnight. It was like you plant those little seeds. Sometimes the horse would kind of figure it out for you, or just kind of uh, you know fill in for you. Yep. Um, so it doesn't like doesn't always need to be perfect in that in that first moment. Sometimes it can be just a, a slight improvement or a try or mm-hmm. a change. Yep. Um, yep. Again, like I'm probably repeating myself a bit, but like things that are long term and sustainable. Like for me, setting up good biomechanics, yep. engagement from behind, softness through the pole. Um, you know, getting rid of brace, getting feet freely moving. Um, you know in the beginning, like so so one of the things the foundation for me is getting them forward and, and essentially walk trot and counter, get that free and, and flowing before I worry about starting to direct things. So mm-hmm. to me I, I use the analogy or like think of it as say driving a car without power steering or riding push bikes without forward. It's pretty hard to steer them. Um, so you need to have some life, you need to have energy to direct. And so once you've got that forward, well then you can start kind of applying or directing that energy. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's that's kind of a very thing. It's still If I have forward free moving feet, that you know, can kind I of direct things and kind of can I then start applying special about moving horse in, in certain manners? Whether that's starting to incorporate lateral movements or or whatever. Um, but I, I want to get that that. That energy and life in the beginning. Um, so that then I've got something that, like, if you don't have that, then, then the likelihood is you're going to have uh, you no know, brace and you have sensitive uh, bucking and, and, and a worry. So yes. that's the gauge to me as to where that mental state of the horse is. Mm-hmm. And, and when I ladder up down and no demeanor change, so that's a line by using my Frenchies to say. My goal with my horse is be that I could walk the front and canter to the left and right, back up with my change in mm-hmm. Um And so uh, when you can do that, you know that the right is is that at the time, whereas if that's leaving you, if they start getting more worried or not, then you've got to find ways to kind of help them through things. Yep. Um, and then it's just like hey, it's once you've got that in, it's just refinement. You're okay. just applying it. In, in different principles, so what's what, what is your um, other things like I you know a, a good strong solid stock backup um, essentially what I'm getting at there is where you can get things like feet or or brace and, and they won't you know won't come up won't back up it? Yep. yep. that's a good indication of the mental state of the horse mm-hmm. because when they're really with you they've quite light, nicely and quite lightly not, whereas if there's, there's worry, tension or grace, then, then they, you know, you're going to struggle with certain things like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Andrew, how can people contact you? You know, I'm just thinking, because we, we'd like to have you back again, but just in the meantime, if people would like to contact you direct, what's the best way? Uh,
1: so, yeah, my, my
0: wife's pretty good um, managing our Facebook page now.
1: Okay. Um, our website dot uh, com. .au, um, but we're also on Facebook. Um, and yeah, um, we, we have we have horses in for training. clinics. We host clinics, so we'll few coming up um, in the next few months. Um, best Sanders will be here in a couple of weeks. Um, and then we've got John St. Lyon from America will be here in March. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of, uh, yeah, probably best way through the website or, or phone um, and Facebook
0: no worries all right well hopefully we'll talk to you soon and um, i think if people would like to contact you as well they can go to horsechats.com slash andrew turnbull or just go to horsechats.com search for andrew or search for turnbull so thanks andrew thank you for coming and we hopefully we'll talk to you again soon really appreciate it
1: glenn thanks for your time.
0: if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe